Revolutionary Talk for Revolutionary Times. Promoting peace, liberty, and prosperity around the clock. LibertyTalk.fm. It's a marvelous night for a moon dance With the stars up above in your eyes A fantabulous night to make romance Neath the cover of October skies You know the leaves on the trees are falling To the sound of the breezes that blow You know I'm trying to please to the calling What's up, what's up, everybody? Welcome aboard to the Bubba Show. Todd Bubba Horwitz with you, and it is Monday, May the 14th. And to those of you yesterday, happy Mother's Day, and uh, both mothers and mothers. (laughs) Anyways, the markets are, you know, looking like they're trying to now break to the upside a little bit. There's, uh, you know, the the downtrend that we had established has now been uh, left for dead for now, and uh, we went through a major sell-off into... Uh, consolidation phase and now the markets look like they're trying to break to the upside and you know no no real surprise i mean you know this is this goes back to the market footprints we talk about all the time and, and certainly uh you know i wouldn't be surprised if if we rallied and if we if we made a run at at new at new highs that's one of the things that you know you have to understand about how the markets function and how the markets work which unfortunately uh most don't and, uh, you know, we have to make sure that we are of an understanding of, of the market. And, uh, you know, this is how the markets work and what's going on. So I think you could look for, uh, you know, some some stuff to happen. And, you know, it would be no surprise. Now, we are a little bit, uh, you know, overbought. And so that would be something that, uh, you know, we would be a little bit concerned about. But overall, I think that, uh, you know, you're looking at, a, a a market that you know probably will, I would say this week would be some selling and some consolidation, but it certainly looks to me that we're going to um, you know continue to work our way uh, higher, and, and that is something that now you know again the overbought conditions will be probably resolved, and I would not be surprised to see this market go sideways all week. Uh, then looking for a a potential rally from there, and uh, certainly. That would be something that is uh, perfectly in in line with uh, you know what we would expect. Uh, you know, oil broke out, but uh, again, the backwardation formation keeps us believing that oil is going lower. It's just a question of if we can get lower before you know with, before I get too much more stuck here. Uh, but you know, overall, I mean, you've seen some data out there that you know the data is not matching uh, what's going on in the markets and. That would be a concern. Uh, you know, you've got uh, uh, the dollar is extremely strong, which is correct, which is what we've been talking about. And overall, uh, you know, there's a lot of things going on there. And it seems to me there's a lot of things hidden in the in the overall agenda. And one being that the uh, the commercials are buying a lot of bonds. And, you know, why are they buying a lot of bonds? Well, uh, either they're trying to help the Fed out or whatever but at the end of the day you know you've got retail sales are weak again you're not seeing the spending the the payroll the salaries are 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 not going up the hourly wage is not going up and people are making less money it's almost they're making less money every day you know and then of course if you go with the the what we don't have they keep telling us there's no inflation but we keep paying more for goods and services 
And when I look at that, I go, okay, great. But then how am I, how are we getting by here? Right. So, you know, we're, we're, we're paying more and certainly you're paying more at the pump and, you know, that's taking a big cut and that four, eight cents an hour, 12 cents an hour certainly didn't help. It doesn't help uh, settle your gas. Uh, so I, I think that's, you know, again, these are all issues that I think are, are of, of concern. But again, the, the markets themselves, the pattern itself says that, we probably should be going uh, a, a little bit higher. And, and that is, again, what we'd be looking for. Now, you know, we're, we, we, we went neutral on the markets on Wednesday or so. And, you know, we're looking for really a spot to sell because we still believe that longer term we're going to head lower. But certainly if we got to us, if we came back and held that support level, we would certainly not be opposed to buying for a short term. Uh, but but many, many of these stocks are very overbought in these levels here. So there's a lot of things to to consider. And as we, we do try to consider these things, you want to make sure that you you have an understanding. Again, the market functions. So with the declining volatility and the declining volume, that makes it tougher to trade the overall market. And I think that's something that we need to understand and look at is when you have these things occurring it's not going to create a lot of activity in the market and i think that's where you the trader part of you the investor part should just always invest but the trader part okay should be looking at okay where can i uh you know get myself into you know a a a good trade and where where can i be aggressive and where can i be uh, or and where should i be passive and right now is a very good time to be neutral and passive, looking for the market to give you a much better idea of what's going to happen next. Because, again, what we talk about all the time is, is where is their proper footprint? And the proper footprint right now does not indicate that we should be doing anything too aggressively because the markets themselves are not giving us the opportunity to be aggressive. They're, they're going to be very, very challenging in here. And that's always something that I think that you need to, you know, kind of understand is if the markets are going to be passive, then it's hard to get aggressive with your trading because you're not going to be able to put yourself in a position to make a lot. But you will be risking a lot because if we go from zero volatility to a lot and you're on the wrong side of the volatility, you could end up in a, in a, in a world of hurt, as they say. So we're going to just kind of observe and, and, and see what's going on. I mean, gold doesn't look all that good. Uh, oil has obviously been very strong, but, you know, based on the backwardation, that doesn't look too good to us. Uh, we think that the, the grain market sell-offs were pretty good. The, uh, the Friday sell-off looked pretty good. Uh, I think it brought back down to some support. The one concern, which has been our concern, and if you listen to me and Angie Setzer talk about it, has always been soybeans. So, again, I'm not surprised that they're extremely weak here. Uh, I would expect them to, even if they're going lower, I would expect them to bounce. And I think that the uh, the meats looked really good as well. I think that, uh, you know, uh, the W pattern in hogs, you know, the little sell-off on Friday, I mean, I know it was two bucks, but it wasn't that big a deal uh, based on where we are and where we've come from. And I think the uh, overall uh, cattle looks really solid. <coughs> Excuse me. I mean, feeders look a little bit weak, but I think that they're holding up nicely. So I wouldn't have a problem in, in that neighborhood. And, uh, 
you know, I, I think this is turning into a commodities uh, boom, and I'd be looking to buy, you know, some of the commodities, uh, you know, especially the ones that that look to, to be down on some support levels. You know, one of the things we just have to make sure is that we understand where our entrance and where we're trying to get in, because at the end of the day, it's it's about putting yourself in their best position of of success all the time, and that's where you know we have to always remember that it, it we have we have a number of opportunities to go into and it's our job to put ourselves in the best position to succeed in that opportunity and so that's one thing that i always want you to be aware of is you know where does the opportunity come from and how do you make the best out of it and so we'll see we'll see the week again we look for a quiet week you know with these next two weeks we do have an option expiration a monthly on on Friday, uh, then we've got Memorial Day coming up, so it wouldn't be so, it would be no surprise, barring any major announcement, that we would be relatively quiet and be looking for an opportunity, which would bode well to see a rally run, which would actually give us a better selling opportunity later on down the road. Anyways, this is the Bubba Show, Todd Bubba Horowitz, and of course we're going to stop out of break and come back with Jane King, but remind you to check out our high school investing program. That's at highschoolinvesting.com. See what we're doing. And if you like what we're doing, why don't you go ahead and go to Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com forward slash Bubba Trading and make a little donation. We just pushed over 500 high schools and looking to get them more, but we do need your help to get there because I do fund it all by myself. And now I've been getting a little help from the Patreon people. So I appreciate you all. And don't forget to download the show each and every day at LibertyTalk.fm, The Bubba Show. We're going to step out here for a break. We'll be right back with more. And Jane King after the break. The Bubba Show. Welcome back to the Bubba Show. Todd Bubba Horowitz with the one, the unbelievably talented Jane King, Lila Max Media, and the Kaching Report. And Jane King, what is up, my dear? Well, um, you know, it's funny because, like, we talk every, you know, week. And um, I every week I'm like, okay, here's what I want to talk to Todd about because we've had a heck of a week. I mean, we've had New York's Attorney General completely make fool of himself. And hostages rescued from North Korea and released. And the president president had a really good day on Thursday. They also captured some ISIS guys. And so, um, and he made a great speech in Indiana. Isn't that <laughs> so great? He had a good day, a good day on Thursday. Uh, I didn't realize that Elkhart, at the worst, which is where he was, at the, at the worst, they were at like 20% unemployment, and now they're the best. They're under 3% unemployment. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Well, Elkhart's an interesting place. It's like, the world's manufacturer of RVs. And I think they just got really hit hard during the recession. Um, you know, it's one of those manufacturing cities and um, like so many in Indiana, and it didn't get the same kind of bailouts that I'm from Kokomo and uh, there's the Delphi automotive, big Chrysler. Of course they got the government bailouts that helped them or Kokomo would have been right up there with it in terms of unemployment. So that's really pretty cool. And, and I mean, obviously he's doing a, I think he's doing a great job and again, you don't have to like him, but you should like the fact that he's doing a good job for the country. And I think that's where we, we kind of miss out a lot. And of course um, you, you see Maxine Waters uh, mouthing off again. And I, I just don't, I don't get it. And there, there, there's a woman wearing like a $2,000 dress, you know, talking about impeaching 45. I go, really? <laughs> What's that all about? <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, they're just looking dumber and dumber. I mean, I just, I, you know, I don't know how else to say it. I mean, they, they screwed up on the tax cuts, um, you know, talked about Armageddon and the world's going to come to an end. Of course, that didn't happen. The stock market hit new highs. 
several of them. Uh, people got a lot of bonuses. I mean, they could do more, for sure. Um, but it was a great first step. Um, you know, you remember, what was it, about a year ago, and he was tweeting about Rocket Man and stuff. Oh, my God, you know, I can't believe he's doing this, and we're going to have a nuclear war. And, you know, and uh, now, you know, he's meeting with Kim Jong-un in June, and we have three Americans back. I mean, he's just constantly proving them wrong. And... I, I think this latest victory increases the chances that the Republicans are going to have a good November. Yeah, I mean, and it's amazing because he's going to, uh, they've set that deal up. And, and, and also, and how about, now you and I have talked about this, and you and I, I think we're both on the same page, that the trade wars were not going to be a big deal. And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, China's talking about coming in and buying more goods now. So it, it looks like that may work out pretty well as well. What do you think about that? You know, he, he said some really interesting things. So he said, you know, I don't blame President Xi of China. He was like, he's doing what's best for his country, and I'm trying to do what's best for my country. And he sounds like he really likes and admires Xi. So it's, um, I mean, he's kind of, he's negotiated on behalf of his people as well, very well. I mean, so I, I think, you know, it's only fair that they work out a new deal. Um, China is a different country than it was, you know, when these things, you know, in the World Trade Organization, like, like 20 years ago. And it's much more powerful now, much more wealthy. And, you know, it's time to kind of renegotiate these things. They are doing some stuff, though, like slowing down inspections. Like they have like a little almost kind of like um, – uh, what's it called, like microaggressions or something? Like, like they're slowing down the pork inspections, and you know, not they're not going through as fast. And apples and logs and things like this. They're trying to make things a little more difficult. But so far, that's all we've seen with these trade tensions. Right. I mean, again, I, 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 and and the bottom line is, and you know this, if I'm a farmer who would be the one of the most concerned about these whole things, grain prices are higher. So if grain prices are higher since all this, then I guess it's not so bad because you and I both know that at the end of the day. The markets tell you everything that you need to know. In fact, it's funny. I was on Fox the other day, and I go, the only news I watch, I watch Fox News, and I watch the tape because the tape will tell me more than anybody else will tell me anyways. <laughs> well, that's right. I mean, yeah, I mean, that's the bottom line. I mean, what's the farmer getting for their crops? And um, the price is up since all this started. So, I mean, I don't know how these people got to be such levels of authority that they are, but they're just consistently wrong. And consistently saying things that reality proves not to be true. Well, and that, I, can, I think that goes a lot to do with, I mean, that's my whole th- thought process of the, of the Federal Reserve and, and not to bash the Federal Reserve because I know that's not your style. It's just mine. But and I'm not bashing, but I'm just saying that the, the, some people only understand theory. And what we what we see now is that it really takes common sense. And if you can work out a deal, you know, it doesn't always have to follow the exact game plan that you wrote. You you have a general idea how something should work, but you also have to be flexible. And I think this ties into your family and your brothers. You know, when you're out in the field and your tractor breaks down, you can't look at the manual. you got to know how to fix it and get yourself back and running again. I think that's what Trump has shown, that you don't have to have a specific theory. You have an idea and a, a plan that you're putting together, and you have to make it work within that and there has to be sometimes exceptions made what do you think right well i think i think he just has common sense economics and business on his side i mean to me like he's got the tax cuts i mean we know for example california legalized cannabis on january 1st governor brown says we're going to bring in in the first quarter 175 million in cannabis tax revenue they brought in 34 million because the taxes are so high on it nobody's buying it 
and people don't want to even set up businesses with it. So, I mean, we know, and it's been proven over and over again, that if you give people, like, let people control more of their money, the free market works. That's how the U.S. got to be what it is. So, um, you know, that's one thing. The North Korea thing, I mean, he knew. Um, he knows that China depends on us. He knows that North Korea depends on China. I mean, he played the whole game. He, he just, the only thing that separates him is that he had the guts to do it. And people have not had the guts to do this for the past 30 years. Right. Not, not, till, not from the last day. Tear down that wall. I, again, I, I get it. And I think that's great. Yeah. I'm glad we're flexing our muscle. And the free market does work, which is why we're having this little bit of a financial revolution uh, with the cryptocurrency stuff. Because, again, you can't tax people out of their money. I mean, you know, look at what's going on and with even in gasoline. You know, I know oil is going higher. I don't I think it's wrong that it's going higher because I think that it's being based on fear. But that's besides the point. But the overall, a lot of places like Illinois, that there's so much tax in a gallon of gas, you're forcing people that they can't even afford it. I mean, we, we were, we're such a tax, 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 tax. And you're well, you live in New York. So you got it as bad as anybody. And I, I just don't think that yeah. that can that process can work forever. You know what I mean? Well, and Amazon was another example. So they're building a tower in Seattle. Well, Seattle starts to talk about, did not pass, but talk about a per head employee tax. And that money would go for homeless services. And Seattle's like, or Amazon's like, forget it. We're leaving. We're stopping building this tower. And because this is, this is not fair. And, you know, so it's just cities continuing to do this. And I think, you know, I, I think the answer really is just to, you know, elect more people who've actually been in business. Um, you know, get rid of people who've been in office for, you know, anything longer than 15 years. <laughs> you know, right. I mean, some of these people are they're, they're elected when they're 22 and they never do anything else besides, you know, legislate. So, um, you know, I think that's a big thing. You know, Indiana's got a, a, a senator now he's a business guy. I think he's going to be, you know, along the same lines as Trump. He's a Republican nominee, so he's not, you know, been elected yet. But um, I think more people like that who actually know the impact of all these decisions on the bottom line, they can they have some thoughtful, um, you know, put some thought into their decisions. Yeah. Tell me what you think about um, um, the surcharge for uh, restaurants in New York. Is that going to get through? And why don't they just raise prices? I don't know. What's the surcharge? charge about um good question i don't know what it is <laughs> okay there you go there you go i don't know sorry no no it's okay they, they're they're you know i hear it on the news all the time that they're going to start because you know they, they force the minimum wage up so fast you know and restaurants don't work on huge margins and, and all of a sudden they're they're, oh, yeah. they're they're stuck so well okay but i can give you a little personal story so um one of my friends runs a um well she used to it was a bakery in the neighborhood where i live in in new york and she, you know, would make cupcakes and birthday cakes and cookies and brownies and catered things and, you know, just had a nice little business. And she employed, I don't know, maybe six or seven people. And um, she shut down, closed it in March. And part of the reason was the increase in minimum wage in New York. And, you know, we, we talked about, she actually did an interview with a local blog about it. It was super interesting about running a small business in the city. And she said, you know, that's part of it. She said but it's also um, competing against some of these, like, Uber and... She, it's, some of her employees were doing extra stuff like that. And so she had trouble scheduling, getting people to do things, competing with them on pay. Um, there was, she needed a new oven. Um, there was an issue with buying a new oven and the regulations of New York. And she's just like, you know, I'm going to do something else and just shut down her business. And she's an entrepreneur at heart. So she'll figure, you know, something else and start a new business doing something. But it's a shame. I mean, it was a nice little community business. You know, all of us got our birthday cakes for our kids' birthdays and everything there. And, 
now she's out of business. And it was, it was, she's had a really interesting insight into running a small business in New York and how complicated and difficult it can be. I understand. And I understand, Jane King. Thank you so much. We're out of time, but it's always great to have you, Jane King. Lila Max Media, the Katrina Report. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Thanks, Todd. And this is the Bubba Show, Todd Bubba Horowitz. Remember, LibertyTalk.fm, you can download the show every day. This is the Bubba Show, Todd Bubba Horowitz. We'll see you back here right after the break with more of the Bubba Show, Todd Bubba Horowitz. What's up, everybody? Bubba here. It's finally here. The long-awaited Bubba Report, bringing you news from all the trading floors across the globe. We've got Scott Chalady, the cow guy, as seen on CNBC, Fox, and Bloomberg. We've got Keith Bliss, CNBC, Fox, and a floor trader at the New York Stock Exchange. We've got the Badger, who writes the hot topics in the political news. We've got myself putting together my own unique indexes that will help you give you a better idea of what's going on in the market. All you need to do to get a hold of the Bubba Report is go to thebubbashow.org and sign up for the newsletter, or you can email me direct at bubba at thebubbashow.org. We want you to have this report because we've got over 150 years of experience talking about markets, getting ready for the trading, and puts you in the best position to have successful. So email me at bubba at thebubbashow.org to get a copy of your report or go right to the website, thebubbashow.org. Make sure you get it. It's a must-have for every investor and trader. The Bubba Report. Welcome back to the Bubba Show. Todd Bubba Horwitz with Matt Demeter, DemeterResearch.com, the man, the myth, and he's always on top of the markets. What's up, Matt? Hey, Todd. How you doing? I'm doing great. So uh, you said the markets were going to go up last week, and, and they did. And uh, what, do you, what do you think, man? Well, we've broken through a bunch of layers of resistance, so I think we're going to go higher. Uh, you know you, you know that I've been calling for NASDAQ 8,000. Uh, there was a, a pivot line that associates with that level with 8,000. And, you know, we, we hit it, we hit it again, uh, price saw it again. So in, in other words, it, you know, chopped around when it saw the line. And, uh, to me, that means it's going up to 8,000 eventually. So at least for the NASDAQ, I say 8,000 is our, you know, our target high. Uh, but I'll say at the end, end of last week, you know, we did get overbought on hourly indicators and, uh, the intraday indicators. So, you know, we could, I wouldn't be surprised to see a, a little bit of a sell-off first, and then and then a rally up. But if we do, I'm going to be buying into it. So if we do get a dip, I'm going to buy it, and then you know look for a, a rally up to to eight thousand in the Nasdaq. Where I'd be looking to buy in terms of uh, the S and P, I like looking at SPY. Uh, that's right around. I have a support right around two sixty and rising. So anywhere in the, in the low two sixties, I'd, I'd be buying. And this is just for a trade. This isn't you know the big picture, but uh, well, it's it's the big picture for the next whatever period of time until they break yeah. back down again. And of course, they did break out of some consolidation that they had been in after they made the lows, and then they they were in a pretty solid downtrend, and then they kind of. Uh, you know, stopped and, and started then to consolidate, which is common, and then picking a direction of which way they're going to go. And it looks like they want to go back towards the upside, which uh, certainly it looks that way right now. And I, I guess you're in agreement. You're looking for your 8,000 in the uh, NASDAQ now, right? Yeah, no, I'm still looking for that to happen now. I wasn't, I wasn't positive it was going to happen, but now that I have a little bit more confirmation that it should, yeah, I'm looking for 8,000 in NASDAQ. So, yeah, it, We'll see once we get to once we get to eight thousand, then I'll you know see how how overbought are we you know ha, ha, are things lining up correctly for us to you know peak there, and then if we do then I'll I'll turn short 
I mean, I'll, I'm definitely going to turn short at Nasdaq 8,000. But the question will be how how deep is this you know next thing going to next you know rollover going to be? Is it going to be a major bear market or is it just going to be you know another short term thing? I think it's going to it could be you know pretty big. You mean the rally? I think the once we get to 8,000 in Nasdaq, yeah. I think the 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 drop from there. Could be it could be huge. I mean, it could, that could be the beginning of a bear market. I don't and now. I don't believe that we're we. It's it's begun just yet. The bear market. I think you know it's going to take Nasdaq 8,000 at minimum to to peak this thing. Okay, I mean, I could see that. Look, you know, again, as I say, you know, we we, we can't we we can't fix, fix, figure everything out but uh, we have a general idea of what the what the markets are telling us and of course uh you know you and I have been talking crude and crude and crude and it just keeps going up and it looked like it was starting to turn and then pow uh you know after that uh that crazy sell off on uh what, what the hell that they, they, was Wednesday or Thursday yeah and then it came all the way right back and and and, and actually rallied that's actually I guess that was Tuesday and then it rallied all the way back and then it closed up on highs again, and uh, I know we we met or hit your target of, of selling that the rising resistance, right? Yeah, exactly. We hit it. We I think we hit that on Monday, and then we had that three dollar reversal on Tuesday, like you were talking about. And I thought, okay, great, that's it. I mean, it did see the line. It did it did react to it, uh, but then over you know uh, the over Wednesday and Thursday, it, it got above, and you know that now we've pulled just on Friday, we pulled just below it. So I don't really know exactly what to make of it. I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't be chasing it higher here by any means. But, um, uh, you know, and I'm I'm still short. I, I did lighten up a little bit when we popped above the line, but uh, we're still short. Well, no, I, again, I, look, at, I'm going to put it straight up to you the way I see it. And, and I know this is not technical. Well, it is, I think it is a little bit technical, actually, but oil is in backwardation. Okay, yeah. this is the same exact pattern it had in 2007 and 2014. And it never ends well when, when June oil, which is, I guess, up for about another five or six days. But when, when the, the front contract is the most expensive, that means that that is a fear trade and nothing else. And again, it, it, could t- it doesn't mean it's going to go down tomorrow, but certainly it is going to reverse. And this is only being built on, on the fear of things maybe that are going in the Middle East or whatever. And the markets themselves are, are not very valid. But of course, it doesn't mean that they can't go up higher. But certainly, backwardation is not a bullish formation for, for uh, commodities. No, yeah, no, not at all. I mean, I'm, I'm, once you brought that up, I started watching that more closely. And I, you know, yeah, I agree with that, that, uh, you know, it's, you know, still in backwardation. So, uh, you know, I think that it also gives you a little bit of cushion if you're short because, you know, the prices come down to meet the, the price of the next month. So, um, you know, as you, as you roll. So, um, yeah, no, I'm I'm just staying short. Just I'm not you know heavily, heavily, heavily short like I was, uh, you know, one, uh, underneath the line. Right. No, I understand. I mean, it may, listen, it makes sense. And again, you and I both believe that uh, that the, that the uh, oil market is is going to at some point in our lifetime going to be a hell of a lot cheaper here. And of course, now the big banks are starting to call for for huge numbers, and you know that usually means that they're getting ready to start to short it. And uh, what are the, what do the commercials look like on oil right now? <clears throat> They're still heavily short, uh, which I guess you'd expect because you know the, a lot of them are certainly hedgers uh, that are you know producers. So um, you know they're at about seven hundred thousand contracts short, and the 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 biggest short position they had I think was about seven hundred and seventy-two thousand contracts. So about ten percent off their all-time largest short position. So still very short. 
And this is probably look, this is this is Tuesday also. Keep in mind we dropped three dollars on Tuesday as we just talked about. So they would have been covering into that move. And then then you had strength in the next three days, which we we won't see until the next COT report. So they're pretty still they're still pretty close to their record short position. So, uh, you know, you have that. And, and, and I know that uh, we've seen some action in, in treasuries. And it seems to me that the, the commercials are buying a lot of treasuries, which kind of backwards to me. But uh, what are you seeing or what do you think? Yeah, I mean, you know, I'm looking at, at that. The, 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 they're really long the tenure. And, uh, you know, I have an incomplete. It's a short term. It's a medium term target uh, in TLT which is about 129 now it's declining it you know last time i think we talked about it it was at 130 now it's at 129 we're at 119 so that's ten dollars to the upside in tlt i I'd, I'd love to see us get up there because right now i'm neutral and i really want to get short because i you know long longer term you know i see interest rates going a lot higher but this is you know that's going to be more of a five-year you know uh, where we get into even double digits on the 10-year double-digit uh, rates. So just for for now, though, I, I want to get back short. So I want to see us get up to that 129. And I think, you know, it's possible still from here. Oh, no, I, again, I, I, I don't know that it's I, – I, I, listen, I don't, I don't understand what they're doing unless they believe – that the, the that the rates are going down again. I mean, you know, I don't know. I see them going over three percent as you do. Obviously, you see them going, you know, significantly higher over time, and and, and I see the same thing. But uh, of course, they're buying, and maybe they're buying just for this short term launch. You never. The one thing about commercials is you never really, really know what's on the other side of their trade at the same time, right? I mean, that that is one thing you do have to understand that just because they're doing one thing doesn't mean they don't have something on the other side, right? That's right. I mean, maybe they're, you know, they're hedging, you know, they maybe they're actually been participating in, in the auctions and they're holding on to the, you know, the paper itself. And then they're shorting the futures contracts to hedge it. It's, it's hard to be sure. But, you know, when they get a really big position on like that, usually it's not just the hedge. Usually because they're because they, they hit a new record, a new record in terms of their long position in futures. Usually means it's more than just a hedge. Uh, so. You know, the bias, I think, would on treasuries would still be to the upside. You know, like I said, fingers crossed, because I, I want that to happen. I want to get short this market. No, I, I get that, as as do I. I mean, I, I think, again, I think the bonds are going significantly lower, which you and I both agree there. And we just, uh, you know, this is going to be like every other thing we do. It's a waiting game uh, trying to, to figure, you know, where it's going to be. Now, do you think that uh, that 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 the uh the banks could be taking a shot here just because they assume they might drop a little bit maybe they're trading them a little bit more actively in bigger size or is that, does that give any thought uh that they're trading treasuries just uh you know for a little bit of a bounce yeah and, yeah yeah i mean you know i th- i think i don't you know it's hard to know too like i think three percent on a 10 year is a psychological level that you know the powers that be w- would not want to see crossed you know, <clears throat> so maybe they ask the banks to do them a favor and keep it below, keep it below 3% for as long as they can. I don't know. 
Um, it might I mean, be. I look at that goes right with my theory of the manipulating Fed. I mean, you know, that would be, you know, that would be the bank's way of paying back the Fed for bailing them out of the mess that they created. You know, I mean, certainly I, I, I could understand that. I mean, you know, we know that there's a lot of manipulation that goes on throughout all these markets. So that that would not be a, a total surprise. And, and certainly it wouldn't shock my world if they if the banks were trying to keep these rates artificially low because the dollar part of it already failed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah, and, and with and speaking of the dollar, I mean, I think the dollar, you know, we we've talked about. It. I think it has more to go. I, it did get overbought on daily indicators, and last time we talked about, it, I thought, you know, we, we should probably you know, have a little bit of a dip, which you know, we we closed flat for the week last week, but uh, uh, you know, it, it did pull back those last two days, Thursday and Friday. It was up on the week, and then it pulled back, and and euro starting to bounce, you know, so that we might get a little bit more of that. You know, this coming week, a little bit more upside in the euro, a little more. Uh, downside uh, we'll we'll the talk dollar. more about the dollar and the euro and, and the consolidation brand they had. When we come back to the break, we are with Matt Demeter, DemeterResearch.com. Make sure you check out his website. Great information, as you hear every single week here on the show. The Bubba Show, Todd Baboros. We'll be right back with more from Matt after the break. Welcome back to the Bubba Show. Todd Bubba Horowitz with Matt Demeter, DemeterResearch.com, my technical excerpt for the Bubba Show. And so, Matt, as we were talking about the dollar kind of consolidated, I mean, after the huge move, it really didn't break very much. It more kind of sat in consolidation and, and looks to me like it still wants to peak and, and, and spark higher. I know you're, you're a believer it's going a lot higher. And I believe, and we both, I think, agree that it gets to par this year. But would be no surprise if the euro currency did have a bounce this week at some point, right? Yeah, I mean, you know, just 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 a, a little bit of a bounce in the euro, a little bit of a pullback, a little bit more of a pullback in the dollar, uh, but not a lot. I mean, just we're just to, you know relieve the the you know RSI had gotten up to eighty in the dollar, you know, just enough to pull it you know back to a, a lower level from which it can you know push back to the, to the upside. Um, you know the but what keeps me thinking that. You know, the euro will fall further eventually, and dollar will rise f- further eventually. Is that uh, commercials have, you know, commercials did have a very large short position uh, in the dollar from you know from uh, what six months ago, and you can you see you've seen what what's happened actually from um, more than a year. Actually, uh, they had a massive short position on the dollar in uh, January of 2017. So from there, you we've, we've seen what's happened. We've had a big drop off and now the dollar's popped and they haven't touched it they haven't shorted into it which is a good sign it means it means that you know the smart money is is allowing the dollar to rise and they're not you know selling into it with uh with the euro however they are maintaining a pretty large short position a very large short position in the euro and even with the uh you know the weakness we've had over the past few weeks they haven't really covered much. So again, that's another confirmation that the smart money uh, is an agreement that dollar should go higher and euro should go lower. And we agree. And of course, the other thing that's helping the dollars is uh, the, the cryptocurrencies as they become more and more real. And I, I don't know if you follow the news, but the, you know, Bloomberg is opening up a, a crypto index now. Yeah, yeah, no. I, there's a lot of new. In, in there's a couple indices. Uh, uh, I'm forgetting the names of, but the you know top twenty index for the top twenty cryptos, and there's a top ten one. So, yeah, it's, I, I, that's cool that they're doing that. 
I mean, the Bloomberg one to me is the big key is just because yeah. that, that opens up for the, uh, the, the, uh, the hedge offices, the family offices and everybody else who wants a, a product that is considered real. I mean, you and I consider it real, but you know, not everybody does. And, and of course that brings in, uh, you know, some stability plus more trading. Plus it opens up a lot of other doors. Is it not? Yeah. Institutional and, you know, investment is, you know, what we're waiting on to, to really push this market higher. I mean, as of uh, right now, we're looking at a total market cap of 385 billion. That's nothing, you know. That's that's you know a that's a large cap company right there, and that's that's really all it is. So as a as a asset class, it's still very very small. And uh, I also heard that uh, the ICE was going to do the. Uh, uh, a futures product on on Bitcoin that was also deliverable in in Bitcoin in actual Bitcoin. So uh, that's the kind of futures contract I was hoping the the CVOE and the CME would do uh, one that was you know you, that you could actually take delivery. So uh, I think that's a big positive too. Well, I mean, okay, do me a favor, explain to me and the listeners why you care if there's delivery or not. Well, uh, it's. You know, the big thing about it is there is no the current the CME and the CBOE they're just tracking the 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 underlying uh, spot price on Bitcoin and they're they're taking it from three different sources and they're saying okay we'll just ha- try to have it trade somewhere in there um, which there's no there's no real connection to Bitcoin and there's no buying pressure that would be caught like if you bought a CME futures contract on Bitcoin. That doesn't cause any buying pressure on Bitcoin itself. It only causes buying pressure on the, the futures contract. And I frankly have a hard time figuring out how they keep the price of the futures contract in line with uh, with the price of Bitcoin itself. Because if there's too many buyers, they'll, they'll push the price of the futures contract higher than the actual price of Bitcoin. Yeah, but d- don't you think there's a lot of people hedging against the future itself, even though it's not the liberal against it? I mean, it's a, it's a cash market. So, I mean, the, the, the Bitcoin exchange at the CME settles in cash. So if you sold, if you shorted, you know, 9,000 in the currency, I mean, in the, in the futures price, yeah. Uh, then you would, and it went to, it went down to five thousand. You know yeah. that, that that they are. There's a lot of guys are. You're right. It. You're right. You're right about. It. You're actually right about. It. You know, I should I should have said that. So the since it settled in cash, eventually it will, it should stick pretty close to the price. It didn't. But keep in mind, you you know, first two weeks, it got way out of whack. It got what eight hundred dollars? Yeah, dollars almost away from the actual price of Bitcoin, but that's because they didn't allow anybody to short. That's part of it. And they did um, the margin requirements will say, but but don't you? I mean, again, listen. I was a floor trader, but I, I get this more than anybody. But the arbing that goes on, guys that have dough and in big firms and big money. They don't mind arbing it. They know that eventually it's going to come back into in, into 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 being because it's just the way the markets work, right? The, the arb has to work out. The cash against the against the future always is going to work out eventually. I mean, it doesn't they do it in the bonds every day? So yeah. you know, again, I don't you know I don't really care. I, I actually prefer the the settlement in cash. Because if you were if you happen to be short, you don't have to go out and find Bitcoin to to squeeze it that way, right? Right. Yeah. No. I, I totally agree. The uh, the the two things I like about here's here's the two things I like about having a a Bitcoin settled futures contract, which is that uh, a if you are a buyer, it would cause buy, buying pressure on 
on Bitcoin itself, if, if, uh, potentially if you were to take delivery. Uh, the second thing I like about it is that it signals that there, you know, the big issue with a lot of the cryptos is for the institutions is how do you, uh, get custod- you know, cust- institutional custodianship. So, uh, you know, somebody, some, some third party has to own, has to be able to hold your Bitcoin so that you can tell, you know, your auditor or your tax people or whoever they are that, yes, we, we own Bitcoin and it's with this custodian. So if there's a cash settle, sorry, if there's a Bitcoin settled Bitcoin futures contract, that means they've solved the problem on custodianship for the institutions, which means that it also allows institutions to go directly into Bitcoin. They can just avoid futures altogether if they want, and they can buy, you know, Bitcoin and have it institutionally, you know, have institutional custodianship. Mm-hmm. So that's that's just a positive. It just means more institutional money can come in. No, I understand. And but again, yeah. as as they've done over the years, they have, you know, rotated almost every futures exchange into a cash settlement if you choose. You don't have to force delivery. Sure. So yeah. I think the combination of the both works out pretty well. And of course the cryptos had a little bit of a of a down week, but they, they look pretty solid and as you called the bottom I don't remember about three or four weeks ago, whatever it was, when we were down about six thousand and I think three hundred and something in the Ethereum, and we've we've taken off. Uh, how do you see the up and coming weeks now? Now, obviously, we know we got the conference this week. Uh, how do you see the next uh, you know couple of weeks, and what are you looking for? I'm looking for you know we, I had a target in the mid eight hundreds in Ether, and we haven't hit it yet. So for Ether, I'm I'm, I'm pretty positive, and for most of the cryptos, you know, uh, a lot of them are I'm pretty positive. Bitcoin. I'm not so sure. Uh, there's stories out there about you know how um, the Mt. Gox uh, wallet, the the, uh, the custodian wallet, that they're you know selling off into every bit of strength for Bitcoin, and that may be true. What I'm seeing is that we had this rising pivot line in Bitcoin that we weren't able to exceed, uh, and we were, we were just crawling along it for the past few weeks without you know popping above and holding. Uh, so uh, for me, I think Bitcoin is. I'm looking for more more weakness actually out of Bitcoin. Uh, so we're going to get some uh, divergence here where I think where I think some of the other cryptos can can kind of go on their own. I think Bitcoin's more going to be a uh, sideways to down for right now, but I, I'm still positive on Ether for a little bit higher, up, at least up to the mid 800s. And uh, yeah, I mean, so that so. You know, long term, I'm not a, I'm not a huge fan of Bitcoin. As well, you know. We know that. Again, that's an opinion. And, and you have it based on the facts that you use. And I get that. I have no issue with that. I don't know if Bitcoin's going to be the one that's going to be just the stored wealth one or whatever. But we got about 20 seconds. I just want to ask you real quickly. You heard Charlie Munger and Warren Buffett bash Bitcoin, Brad Poison, the whole story. And of course, I don't care about that part, but they also bash the Internet. But I want to know, are they going to dump all their stocks that, that are involved in Bitcoin and the blockchain and the other things like Goldman Sachs and others? I mean, that's kind of a two-faced kind of answer, is it not? Yeah, it's pretty two-faced. I mean, they say they don't have to agree with everything that management does at Goldman or whoever else. But uh, they're just they're out to lunch. They're talking about things they don't understand. And, you know, Charlie Munger, Charlie Munger doesn't care anymore. He'll say whatever the hell he wants, which I think has been the case for a long time. Right. Yeah. Matt Demeter, DemeterResearch.com. Always a pleasure to have you on your show. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Todd, always great to be here. Thanks a lot. This is the Bubba Show, Todd Bubba Hordes. Make sure you download the show every single uh, day at, at LibertyTalk.fm. We'll see you back here tomorrow right here on the Bubba Show. Todd Bubba Hordes, have a great day. Everybody. We'll see you later. Revolutionary talk for revolutionary times. 
promoting peace, liberty, and prosperity around the clock. LibertyTalk.fm.